been a bombshell week down the divisions as football tries to make a comeback. While the Betfred Cup and Lowland League has kicked off, the start of the new West of Scotland League is still up in the air. With no fans allowed in, some clubs have pulled out, and there might be no promotion or relegation for the ones who will try to play. Last year's champions, Auchinleck, have said they won't be there. So who better to have on this week than their legendary boss, Tommy Sloan? The man known as Tucker probably thought he'd seen it all across 40 years and the rest in the game. He's won seven Scottish Junior Cups and seven league titles. But the impact of the coronavirus crisis must be a first and we'll hear what he thinks of the current situation and just where it leaves the Talba and lower league football in general. Once we've got through that minefield, we'll take a look back at Tommy's long and distinguished career. First as a player, then as one of the best managers around. It's all here on Down the Divisions. Well, I normally say thanks for joining us for another 60 minutes or so looking at the lower leagues, but I think this episode could probably last for hours. Um, Paul, you've had one week off and suddenly all sorts of things kick off. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the, the chat on the situation along with Tommy shortly, but just from a new mains point of view, your co-manager there, it must be tough to, to plan when nobody knows exactly what's happening? It's been tough since lockdown, since we started this, Gareth, and we spoke about this before. But obviously we're due back to start playing football on the 24th of this month. Then you, we've got all the regional lockdowns. So we were in, we were, we didn't even know if we were going back at all because of being in Lanarkshire and Lanarkshire being part of the central belt lockdown. And then they classified us that we could go back which is good, and everybody's excited again. And then this week, we had a Zoom meeting. Now, I really mean this where I'm really impartial and sat in the middle because we had the Zoom meeting this week, and in the meeting, the league said there will be no promotion or relegation if one team pulls out. And I clearly heard that. I, I, I clearly heard them say that. And my heart sunk, and I'm thinking to myself, how do you get boys up for this? How do you get boys motivated to play? Plus, we've got a pandemic. Let's not forget this. But then the guy who hosted the meeting, uh, Dave McKenna, who's very good, very good at controlling meetings and hosting the meeting, said, here's the situation. Here's why there'll be no relegation. He says, if we allow one team to sit out, because of the current situation that's going on, it's so unfair to punish that team. It's a world pandemic on. It's so unfair to punish that team. But if a team then decides to play and they get relegated, is that no unfair? And then I thought, do you know what? That is. The guy's right. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, mm, we've got meaningless friendlies. Is it right to go back just now? But obviously, football guy, we're all wanting back. Since then, I'm in two group chats. <laughs> I'm in one with all the league managers, uh, most of the league managers, I Tommy's in it, and one with kind of all the committee and all that. I come off the golf course, honestly, I come off the golf course on Sunday to 273 missed messages, right? Now, I never scrolled through them all. But basically, teams were saying, and I respect Tommy's teams, one of the teams, I respect the teams that decide they're not going back for whatever reason. But there's teams in there saying we have no going back because of uh, COVID and it's not safe and all this kind of stuff. My honest opinion is it's finances. And that's a plain and simple. It's finances. It's nothing to do with COVID. Uh, 
some teams have pulled out and put their under-20s in, in leagues, and then you're thinking, well, where's the kind of moral ground there? If it's just come out and say, we can't we can't afford to do it, and I'll shut up in a minute, but shots, shots bon accord, I feel so sorry for them, because I, on that call, on the committee chat, they're in tears, because he's saying, we just can't go back, and they're in a right catch 22, where maybe they're not the highest pairs, in the world, but they're in that kind of middle bracket where the minute they kick a ball, they're going to probably have to start paying players. And they've obviously now seen they've opted to come back in, but these teams, it's going to be tough for these teams. Likewise, I don't know how it's going to work with the teams that are not playing because obviously they've got to try and keep all the players and stuff like that. For a new main's point of view, we're going back, we're playing, there's going to be a huge financial restraint on us in terms of we still have to pay referees, we still have to do that. But we've worked out, you know, we can manage that and we can do it. So we're, we're going to go back and play and schedule to go back and play on the 24th. Well, first of all, uh, you said you had 273 messages when you came off the golf course. I don't know <laughs> if that reflects on just how long you were out on the course you know, <laughs> like, or, or the number of messages that actually came in. But uh, <laughs> th- th- I mean, there should be plenty to talk about um as we as we go on and, and we want to hear from uh, from you the listener as well you can email us with your thoughts and comments at down the divisions at gmail.com that's down the divisions at gmail.com or you can contact us through facebook twitter or instagram hi my name is dave buglis a director at Berwick rangers football club you are listening to down the divisions okay like boss tommy sloan is our guest this week thanks for joining us tommy Thanks for having me, Gareth, Paul. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got a new look down the divisions decider this week. Uh, I think, Paul, we can safely say we, we've kind of pretty much got fed up of getting uh, guessing the year wrong most weeks, so it needed a bit of a, a revamp, didn't it? No good to lie, we were awful, weren't we? And yeah. I'm convinced, I'm convinced we asked the same questions three times. I don't think we've <laughs> still got it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this week we're going to be looking for a mystery club based on four clues that we give out. So this week's club was founded in 1951 by ex-players at Edinburgh University. Their chairman was awarded an MBE three years ago. In 2008, they lost out in an application to join the SPFL with Annan replacing Gretna instead. And former Scotland international Eamon Bannon had a spell playing for them in the 1990s. I think I've got it. Don't, don't say it, Paul. <laughs> Any idea, Tommy? Don't give an answer. <laughs> I've not got an idea, actually. Even Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, find, we'll find out at the end of the show. I think I'm, I might be wrong, by the way. Judging by recent form, it's unlike you to be right. Go on, let me tell you the answer. I'm Matty Flynn, striker at County Hearts. And you're listening to Down the Divisions. Ocken leg boss Tommy Sloan is our guest this week. Tommy, um, when I first contacted you a few weeks ago about coming on, I said, you know, we'd bring you on. We'd look at last season. We'd look at your career. Little did we know so much would happen since that, that <laughs> first uh, point of contact. Uh, a lot of listeners will know by now that uh, the Talbot have said they won't play in the West of Scotland League as things stand. Was that a decision that, that you were involved in or, or when it comes to something like that, are you just kind of summoned and, and the border to, you know, they tell you what's happening? Well, I've been honest there, Gareth. Uh, I was actually called to the meeting on Sunday, uh, which 
usually means, I mean, I, I've, I've probably been at the two meetings in uh, 15 years, if you know what I mean. So it was a bit concerning to getting called to the meeting. You're usually either getting your jotters or your, uh, <laughs> there's something really wrong. So anyway, I went up and uh, I looked, they asked for opinions and whatnot. And, uh, but but uh, Paul's just uh, hit the nail on the head there. Look, there is issues there with health and all that. And, uh, there's no question about that. Most of the clubs, I don't know if Paul's is the same doing it, New Main, sorry. Uh, the committees and all that, it's all elderly guys with every respect there, if you know what I mean. It's running the clubs, and I can see a wee bit in them as well. There's a bit of concern there. Uh, but the financial thing is the, is the biggest issue, certainly, I feel anyway. When, the, when we play the first game, when the first game kicks off in the league, the contracts kick in. Because of the pandemic this year, that's how the contracts are wrote out. It's normally it starts in August and finishes in May, as I think, or whatever. So, But this year, because of the pandemic, the contracts have been altered. I think all clubs have done that. Would I be right there, uh, Paul? I think, yeah, I think clubs have done that just to right. kind of protect I think it's themselves. all the clubs that were allowed to do that just because of the situation. Uh, and players accept it uh, so if you kick on uh, kick off sorry and start in the 24th you've got to start paying all the contracts then there's no date when fans are getting in and it doesn't look as if it's going to be any time in the next few months you know, if you're looking at it realistically uh, and so where do you get the finances straight to pay the contracts some club, well, I'm quite sure we could have ran for a few weeks and uh, paid, paid the lads for a wee while or whatever. But as I say, you're going to run yourself into trouble and I think that's the case for most of the clubs. That's absolute honesty. That, that's, you know, Tommy's come out for his club and said that, that, that that's what it is. Transparent, straight down the middle. You might not know the answer to this yet, Tommy, but how does that leave your players in terms of or don't you know the answer to that? Is that something you still need to talk about? Oh, we certainly need to talk about it because if we announced uh, uh, that we weren't competing, <laughs> I've had a few phone calls uh, about players and text messages about their availability. Uh, so it's something, at the moment, I think we're okay. We're actually, what we're, we're doing here, I mean, is it kicking off on the 24th? Is it that hit? definitely decide it now days to settle in if you know what I mean and then we're going to inquire about that what is the situation there with, with players I've not had players coming to me asking to come out get away but I've had inquiries for, for clubs if you know what I mean about their availability that's all and to, and I've said to them look well, it's just happened give us a week or so to see see what actually happens here to see if the, the leagues are actually going to kick off and I'm quite sure it will at the moment in time I think that's the intention to kick off on the 24th uh, and we'll be left to our own devices to try and keep players happy and whatnot uh, until we get a chance to get back in which will be next year all being well that is all being well so much so much going on so much of what I ask you from a manager's point of view is there that must be don't like, listen, Talbot will always attract players, you know, Talbot will always bring in players next year, but for for the, I mean, I think he's 17 years you've managed at the Talbot, isn't it? And like, to build teams, 
you must have continually went through those cycles where you've had really good teams and won the Scottish Cup and then do you know to keep up to try and build and find the the players is that something that, like is that daunting for you to, to think about? Oh, that's part and parcel of running it, obviously. But last year was actually a bit different. See, because it, uh, the season got stopped early, we were all locked down. People seeking out to meet play. Normally, I'm out meeting players at that time and try to sign fresh faces. This year, nothing at all. Because of the situation, I wasn't going to travel to meet people. Uh, I wasn't prepared to do that, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I sat tight. Made an intention. I offered everybody a, a new contract that we already had. Uh, in a normal year, that wouldn't have happened. If you know what I mean, I'm being perfectly honest there. Uh, but because of the situation this year, we've got a good squad there. I says we'll sign everybody up and we'll try and ride this out here and uh, start again uh, for fresh. We got one young, uh, one young guy in, uh, Robbie McCracken. We've signed him. He was an ex-Kilmarnock youth player, a local boy. And we managed to get him in and I've signed him and he's the only new addition I've got this year. So oh, it was a bit different this year for us, that's all I would say to you. I wasn't prepared to go out and meet uh, players. I don't know. I, I'm quite sure there'd be an odd manager who'd go out and meet players and get new yeah, sites yeah. done and all the rest of it. But that's their, their uh, business. That's, I'm, I'm no interested in that. I wasn't prepared to do that this year. That's it. So, again, so much been happening this week. Like, so part of the clubs come out and said that they didn't hear they didn't hear the gentleman, Mr McKenna, Dave McKenna on the, the thing saying that it wasn't going to be competitive. So a couple of guys, and I, I fully see where they're coming from. I've all said, you know, when we moved for the juniors, we were all moving together because part of this was, and, and even yourself at the time, Tommy, we were all going into, we were all going into conferences and then, when that went through to the SFA, I think Rod Petrie says, no, we need the Premier League to go in. So the juniors' argument was, ah, they're going to cherry-pick the best teams and, and, and that's going to be... By the way, as far as I'm concerned, and, and Gareth will tell you this, I did not want to be put in a conference with Auckland Lake Talbot. Do you know what? <laughs> no, but no, but, and I'm not saying that because you're sitting there, Tommy, but... No, no, levels, I, 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 there? There's levels, you know your levels, and you, you, know, you want to try and encourage players and stuff like that. So there's guys saying that they didn't hear them saying this. So there's a few guys, and I commend them for trying to do it. I've, I've come out now and they're trying to... Gart Cairn being one, uh, and I'm only, I'm only naming Gart Cairn because they've come out publicly in the press today and, and said they're trying to do that. They are now saying that they would like to have four teams replace the, the teams that are coming out of the Premier League. So it would be like Rutherland, Glen Cairn, Canvas Lang to go up and then we'd still don't have a relegation, but we make bigger leagues, which will never work because I don't think the SFA will ever allow that Premier League to be bigger, bigger than what it is. But I just sometimes feel that nobody is deep down looking after. You know, we're all here, we're all in this together. Nobody really is. Everybody's got an agenda. Whatever it is in life, Tommy, everyone's got an agenda. And I just think it's self-preservation on times. And I'm not having a go at Gart because, you know, I know... You know, Alec McDowell really well and Wally Kinnebrough, the manager and stuff like that and all good people that run the, the club. But I just think, well, I, if you take the, the four runners-ups, if you take Renfrew out of our league because they were a runner-up in Auchinleck Talbot, then, uh, sorry, uh, Canvas Lang Rangers, then 
probably Gap Cairn's going to win that league, but I can see why Gap Cairn's doing it because they are now looking, saying, well, we still got Renfrew in the league, who's got to be tough competition. Campus Lang Rangers, uh, we might not, we might not win that league this year, so we're in it for another year. We might not win it next year. So all of a sudden, <laughs> a really progressive club like that, a really progressive club like that, could potentially be in a conference for well, at least the next two years anyway and not actually get to where they want to go. So I just sometimes think everyone's kind of looking out for themselves a wee bit. Uh, I would agree with you. Yeah. I think first and foremost, everybody does that. Uh, I'm quite sure there's a bigger picture there in the long run, maybe. But uh, initially, I think you'll always look after your own club first. I think that's your job, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, and the conference thing, look... Obviously, we, we enjoyed it when it, it was the juniors. We had to go. It was a wee bit like we had to go to the conference because everybody else was gone. And that's me being perfectly honest with you. It was wasn't it a thing we were vouching for, if you know what I mean. I always thought it was a good product. We had good games against uh, good sides, really big matches and all the rest of it. So why would we want to change ever, anything, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. from a selfish point of view? But I couldn't see the bigger picture there. Uh, but the, well, I'm quite sure the pandemic's had a, a big effect on this. It's been a wee bit of a, what can I say, shambles. It's been a wee bit just because of the way it's happened, uh, and obviously nobody could have foreseen what this was. This was going to come, and, and I know this is a big effect. It's just no way as smooth. Obviously, that's an understatement, by the way. <laughs> it's no way as smooth as they would have liked. I'm pretty sure. That's all. We'll see if we go back, Tommy. Like. Before all this, before we were all moving, before we were the juniors, there's no bigger junior club in Scottish football than Auckland Lake Talbot. You know, everything, everything that junior football is. See, from your point of view, obviously, over the years, Auckland Lake must have. I mean, we look at teams in, even, I'm saying Division 2, League 1 is no as big as Auckland Lake Talbot in Scotland. Was, was there ever a case where you thought, I'd love to get my team up and try and get them into League One or League Two. Or were you always just saying, do you know what? We know what we are. We are the best junior team in Scotland, and that's and that's what we want to be. Ah, like you know, it's one of the you don't. I've never started a season. You need to go out and try and prove that. What I remember at the start, you always we need to be the best, the local team first, if you know what I mean. It was a, it was a kind of starting afresh, if you know what I mean. I remember playing in the last game of the season at Mary Hall in my my first year as a manager and I actually played in the game at Mary Hall we had to win at Mary Hall to stay up if you know what I mean to stay in the way so you remember times like that so you never take anything for granted when you get there you need to fight it's one of the things you need to fight to stay there and uh, battle away and make sure you're the best first of all beat, beat your local rivals if you know what I mean or, or the guys in your league and then think about I've never thought about the best team in Scotland and all that. I must admit, it's no something that's ever come into my head. I must admit. Even though we've, we've won Scottish Cups and, and we've probably beat uh, the best junior sides, if you know what I mean. Uh, obviously, we've beat the, the, the vast majority of them. But it's never something that's uh, been in my head that at all. You're just taking a take one game at a time. And I think that stood us in good stead all the time. Just just to put everybody in the picture, we've obviously talked about uh, Ockenleck being one of the clubs, uh, as far as we're led to believe, are Drossen, Winton Rovers, Arthur Lee, Cumnock, Glen Afton, Kilburnie, Laidside, Peters Hill, Pollock and Whitless Victoria have also um, said they won't be 
playing in the coming season. I mean, Tommy, we've talked about the players and and the, the sort of the what do they do next? A guy like yourself, the manager, you know, a man steeped in in football. How? Well, I suppose how how gutted are you going to be? If you're going to have to. I mean, what are you going to do for the next twelve months? Well. I- I've got a job in my hands trying to keep a team together, if you know what I mean. That'll be a, that'll be a job for us. What the teams you, you mentioned there have withdrew for the league, they'll need to try and keep their team together. And I would imagine that'll be the Certainly that's what I'm going to be trying to do. Uh, maybe train once a week or something when we can, if you know what I mean, just to keep things ticking over. Because I, I know when we come back for the lockdown there in a, in a, a long period out, some of them weren't in the best neck, if you know what I mean, <laughs> when they come back, which wasn't even... <laughs> I don't know if you had that, Paul, but we certainly did. And look, first try and see if the boys are, are willing to stay and till we get started again. And just as you've touched on before, some of them might want want to go and play somewhere else for a, for a spell or whatever. We'll find out that maybe at the end of the week uh, when I can get them in on Saturday or whatever. But it'll know about it before then. I really love your approach, Tommy, because you're, you know, a lot of guys would be on here are really worried and really, really worked up. I know one of the managers after the decision to pull out, he left the club. Uh, I don't know if it was, was it the Glen Afton manager? I think he left after it. He obviously says, you know, the boards took that decision and that's away from me. But your approach, is that your managerial style, Tommy? Because you just, even the previous question, you're just very one game at a time. You seem really quite relaxed about it. I suppose there's nothing you can do, nothing you can change. No, that's true. Maybe I'm a bit older now. I probably am as a manager now compared to a lot of guys. Uh, And been in it a bit longer, I I don't know. But uh, look, that's what, I can't, you can't interfere. They've got to run the club. I'm delighted training the players and picking the team on a Saturday see anything else above that I'm no interested in it to be honest with you we've got guys today they kind of things so it's, they're the things I concentrate on and the players first and foremost obviously because uh, you need to get to know your players as you, you can Paul when you get to know them our time uh, and we've had most of yours for a, for a wee spell if you know what I mean some of them are much longer spell uh, so I look We'll, we'll see, we'll see, but it's going to be a long spell by the looks of it, the way things are sitting at the moment. So uh, we'll need to kind of batten down the hatches a wee bit and uh, just try and keep them together and hopefully they'll hang in with us because uh, they've had a good time, but they've worked hard for it, I must admit, they've worked hard for it. Now, I was going to say, Tommy, I mean, do you think, this? well, the season starts, for example, is there an element of flogging a dead horse, if you like, trying to... Trying to just play football when when testing isn't taking place. You know you've had players at Whitlets, Rossville, the committee at Irving Meadow. They've tested positive, and games have been postponed. Do you think as as much as the intentions are good to try and get the game of football being played, you know, is is, is it an impossible battle that that ultimately's gonna gonna go belly up because of the whole the, the magnitude of the thing here, the, the scale of it? Well. Uh, because the, the, we don't really know, you hear them saying the TV, they don't know that much about this virus. Is it going to get worse when it gets colder? That that kind of thing. Because, look, there's definitely a chance. We were meant to play Ross Vale in a friendly a few weeks back there. And David Gormley phones on Saturday morning to say one of their boys is tested positive. If you know what I mean. If he comes down and plays there, 
and then test positive, they phone us back. Do we all sit after work for a fortnight? Do you know what I mean? They, is that is that what it's got to come to? I mean, if you're doing it right, that's what you should be doing. So yeah. there is a, a lot of it, but there's no question. We'd all love to just go on with it and play. But there's certainly an element of health risk there. There's no question about that. And that, look, again, that points to missing your work. It's a financial uh, risk as well. I'm coming back in on that, Gareth, certainly on your point that you made there. Like, up until, let's call it the second kind of wave that, that we're in, See, to be honest, I didn't really know anybody that had it. And I never really knew, all right, testing measure. See the amount of people I now know that's, that's had it and has got it. So I don't know whether, I don't know actually whether we're just all going to get it at some stage. And and that's it. Uh, you then need to take a decision, is, is football uh, the right thing to do while this is going on? But just before we obviously come on here, we were talking about, I'd seen Piers Morgan's uh, tweet last night about uh, it was an evening with Arsene Wenger at the Palladium. The place was packed out in a theatre. And then that comes back to, uh, you know, especially at our ground, and we don't get big crowds, do you know what I mean? We could quite easily cope with 30 people around the perimeter, 40 people. Even probably your ground, Tommy, I don't know what your capacity is, but there'll be plenty of room probably to be able to spread supporters out, I would have thought. Aye, certainly in certain games. Uh, obviously in bigger games, you got a lot more people and all the rest of it, but uh, aye, look, I think there is. We, we, it would need to be disciplined and fans would need to adhere to it. Uh, I'm not sure whether alcohol would help that, which a lot of people have before they come into a ground, if you know what I mean. So that could make it more difficult. Uh, but I, look, I would agree with you. If, I wish they would start it with, with social distancing in the grounds. That would be a start for us, and then we could all just get, get on with it. And, uh, but the testing thing, we've been getting our temperature te- checked. When I don't know, it usually be doing the yeah. same, Paul, going into your training and whatnot, yeah. any time you're up at the ground. Uh, we're, we're in getting our temperature checks and all, all the rest of it. And try to do what you can, if you know what I mean. If every club does that, that, that's all you can ask for. Just going back to how you manage the players, Tommy, I presume, I mean, boys will want to play. Uh, obviously, the club say they can't play or aren't in a position to play. So would loaning players out to play for other clubs, presumably that would be out of the question because that would defeat the purpose, would it? Or might you have to do that to keep your squad happy to hold on to them for another year? Well, if I know because I've had most of them, know them all, but I've had most of them for a week spell now. You get to know them. I'm kind of expecting two or three to come to me and say, "Look, any chance I could go and play, and just to keep myself ticking over that kind of thing, uh, rather than sit idle." If you know what I mean, I, I think I'll get that probably. Uh, but we had some players for this thing hit. Our boss has asked me to speak to the players and see how they felt about playing because there's an element of risk with them as well. And we actually had players, four, five, six players, who weren't keen under the current restrictions to start playing. So there you go. It's not every player that's uh, definitely to get back. We actually had four, five, six players. I know we've got 20, but it's still a a portion of it. And that was another deciding factor in... uh, actually starting the season how can we start the season when we've got players who actually don't want to start so 
there you go. No, everybody's that confident about the virus, if you know what I mean. There's a risk, an element of risk for, for most folk. Tom, you see, obviously, the players are no going to play and they're going to be sitting in the house and they're not going to be getting their, 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 their pay. I mean, we, we spoke about it on the show before, especially at your level. I mean, it is a second income for guys. It does pay motors and it does pay mortgages and stuff like that. But they're not going to be getting paid sitting in the house. Is there ever a case of the boys would have said, do you know what? We'll just play. We'll just play for nothing. Or was that never something that was ever really on the table for them? Oh, look, I, I think we have got players who would play for nothing. No question. I think every club will have them. Mm-hmm. But they'll also have the other players who will no play for nothing. Some players aren't in a position to do that. Yeah. And I like them, to be honest with me. I've actually said that to tours. You've got, you'll always have players who need, they're expecting that there, it's, they're banking on it, if you know what I mean. Might not have the best job in the world, might have a couple of kids or whatever, you don't know. So there's no blame attached to anybody for, for asking for the price, if you know what I mean. I like them to be upfront and honest about it. Uh, and yours were, being honest with you, they, they come up and said, look. So that made it a mix. It had to be everybody, if you know what I mean, that yeah. else were no going ahead with it, if you know what. So that was another factor. Uh, to say we're not going to be playing this year if if they keep on saying that this virus is at its kind of at at its worst during the colder months do, do you think I mean I've written about this in the paper before about summer football and certain 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 kind of there's obviously things or there's boxes that would summer football would tick there's obviously things where people would say, yeah, but in, you know, to go against it. But if 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 the Talbot, if other clubs were basically given the option of playing in the summer months with crowds, maybe not full capacity, but with crowds, or or, or not playing during the winter. I mean, do, do you think summer football? I mean, would, would you be up for summer football anyway, Tommy? Or I mean, I, I know the tradition's always been winter, and moving to the summer changes a lot of dynamics about the game. Uh-huh. About the sort of the even the the standing the reputation sometimes, but what would your thoughts be on that? At this moment in time, I think I would be for it, uh, and I've not always been like I must admit, I'm maybe a bit of a traditionalist, just stick to what we've always knew, if you know what I mean. But certainly, something like this, it's not the first time that's been brought up, Gareth. Actually, I mean, uh, we've been talking about that late, that lately. So, I it's certainly something I would think about. Uh, no, and they probably are thinking about it in the SFA at this moment in time so they can catch up with the games that they've missed out if you know so yes. it's certainly a possibility now you would think the only thing is it interferes with other things obviously you know the big te- the, the golf the tennis all the rest of the, the summer sports if you know what I mean it certainly would it would it mean there's no as many folk at that as, as there, there normally is would that cut the numbers down there I don't know it would certainly mean I think it can balance an evening game in the sun in, in the, the summer weather. It's smashing going and storm watching a, a game. I like it at the end of the season. I'm always at games at the end of the season, going about having a look and seeing uh, who's playing in a nice night. You can't beat it rather than standing there like that in the cold and uh, shivering and all that. So certainly, it's something I would think about definitely. Well, think about this as well, Gareth. You try starting a, a league season on the 24th, but take away the virus. Take, start the league season the 24th of October and let's see how many parks come <laughs> come November, December. Let's see how many games we get played this side of, this side of Christmas, New Year, because certainly at our park, 
it's never. I think in, well, I've been there two years now, but certainly I know from previous three years has never been a game on there November December, and we certainly never. And two years ago, we never had one there November December January. So at least when you you're starting the season earlier, you're getting a run of fixtures before that kind of bad weather hits. We could be hitting a spell now where. God forbid, become the 24th of October as games called <laughs> off. First game of the season. I'm glad to hear you've got a grass pitch behind you, Paul. That's one thing. There's no that many left. Aye, we do. We do. It's a plus for me. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're looking forwards at the minute, but just kind of taking a bit of time to, to look back to the end of last season. Just, I mean, a couple of points, really, Tommy. Um, I mean... As a, as a manager who's been steeped in the juniors, were you sad to see the juniors effectively dissolve in the west in the west of Scotland in the in that way and move into the new setup and the the word juniors never to be used again if you like? Oh, it's is it it's not what, what I do understand. It's the same teams, right? I don't think the goals are still there. If you know what I mean, it's the same teams. It's just another name for the league, isn't it? So. Well, I wouldn't say sad, no, but uh, know, it, it wasn't broken. The only thing there I would say is it wasn't broken. It was to me, it was a good product. It was coming out. There was great. I, I, we had some great games. Win, or, win, lose, or draw. But at times we had great games, uh, and there was trophies to be won, which is always important. It's going to be about. I mean, a lot of clubs run the right, but it's going to be about winning every club I've been at through through your career. The results are the main thing, if you know what I mean. It doesn't matter where I've been, it's always the result first. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like it to get to a stage where the result is secondary, if you know what I mean. So that's the only thing. I hope We want it to be competitive all the time. Uh, and I'm quite sure it will be if we ever can get started. That is, that's the only thing. And, and, and just a second point. Obviously, the Talbot, you, you won the league. I mean, how, I, I saw you speaking at the time. How do you reflect on that now? You know, I mean, it, it wasn't a celebration, was it? I mean, it, it was. It, was uh, it must have been. It must have been strange feelings, you know. Do you count that? Do you count that league win on your on your on your honours list, if you like? Oh, that's uh, so it's, it's nothing. When the, it's it's not even something you think about. We won the league. We were third. We were sitting third when they handed us it. I was honest about it. I'm, it should have been null and void. Let's be honest. It's, to me, all the leagues should have been null and void if they were, unless they were in the last knockings, maybe that's fine. But uh, there was too many games left. They, they, they finished up giving it as an average points total. It's no something we celebrate it. Right? They've gave us a league. Let's go on with it. We move on. And that's the way we took it. There was no celebrations. I can assure you that. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Cumberland striker Sean McKenzie has left to rejoin former club Nithsdale Wanderers. Darvel have signed yet another player from the senior ranks, Ross Caldwell, who came through at Hibs, then played for the likes of St Mirren and Alloa, has arrived from Blantyre Vicks. Drumchapel have brought in Sean Bowers. He arrives after previous spells with the likes of BSC Glasgow. Caledonian Braves have signed a World Cup winner. Pierre Mankowski, who steered France's under-20s to the Global Summit, has become a football advisor. And Johnston Borough have come up with an, an interesting concept. They've partnered up with Johnston Sound Radio to broadcast games live while fans aren't allowed in grounds. 
Des Roach, ex-referee, Cabernet Leadside assistant manager, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. As I said, Tommy, it's uh, it's been about 40 years in the game now for you, and it all it all started out way back when in in Anbank, did it? <laughs> the juniors have started in Anbank. I, uh, my brother played for the local team. Danny played for uh, Anbank Juniors at the time, and I I was playing here Boswell uh, at 17 or whatever, and I got asked to get in for a few games at the end of the season, and Anbank. Uh, Jim Gilmer as a manager there. Jim's actually passed away now a couple of years ago. Uh, Ex-Area United goalkeeper Jim. And he, he had some right good... They actually went in a run. They got us so promoted that year. Uh, and it wasn't a lot to do with me. They had, they had top players. The finished top, top players. Rusty Hartness, who you remember, played with Cumnock and uh, Stranraer and what no. Jim Maguire played with Queenie South and Stranraer and whoever. Uh, Kenny Wilson here United they actually had right top players at the time he just went uh, he'd an eye for a player Jim Gilmer and uh, a manager I'll never forget one of the ones that's where it started uh, and they were happy memories for me that, that uh, they were good times at the village they were village. I'm still in that village that's where I am I'm still in the village aye. and uh, were you always a striker no, that's when I was a defender when I was younger. When I was young, when I played at youth or whatever it was, uh, it was nitty. I was kind of 16. I kind of moved up front uh, and uh, started playing up there. And uh, things, aye, look, things uh, went on for there. And I get, I get, I get asked to go and uh, try away United. That uh, my, my first senior game was uh, doing it Sunra. They asked me doing for a game when I was at Anbank. And we played Cowden Beath. Uh, we won 1-0 that day. Uh, David Snedden was a manager a long time ago, so uh, I'm not actually sure what year that, 83 maybe or something like that. Uh, we were doing there, we beat Cowden Beath 1-0, but I remember the journey doing, you've been doing that coast road, Gareth, have you, Paul? <laughs> I remember going like that, I arrived and I felt ill. <laughs> it was one of the We won 1-0 and come back up the road and I went back to my own club, so they never asked me to sign, obviously. I must have been good. But I remember saying, what a road that is. I don't know if I could ever play down there. There you go, 10 years later, I did. Was that, I mean, you mentioned Stranra, was that your, I was going to say happiest time, but your most enjoyable time, maybe? I mean, you won the second division, you won the Challenge Cup, didn't you? Aye, that's the most successful period I had, definitely, I think. I. All I, I enjoyed all my football, I must admit, I, I loved it at Air United. I remember my first game for Air United was as a trialist. And uh, they had to, they went to Dumbarton, last game of the season, to stay in the league. And uh, George Calder was the manager. I'd scored a couple in the reserves during the week and he, and he flung me in the, the team on the Saturday. And it was, uh, we won 3 0. Jerry Collins scored two. Big Jerry's a guy who's been in touch with me a few times through the years. Uh, Alan McAnally, that was his last game for uh, for Ayr. He went to Celtic after that. And Robert Connor played in the side as well. Oh, who was as good a player as, as, as probably I've played with, if you know what I mean. And that was only one game I played. I know Robert is free up this way. He's, he's oh, staying in the 
he actually played Nova 35s a few years back against us all, and we still couldn't get near him. <laughs> you were obviously Dennis Stranra, as, as, as we've said, and you know from there, you know you, you kind of went back to the juniors, and and did did you find the, I mean did you find the juniors? Um, the most satisfying that you you know the level where you, where you kind of that style of football did it suit your type of your type of play? I will. I'll be honest. My legs had gone at that time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I come back fishing, rather I was thirty two or whatever I was at that time. Uh, I had been at Queen of South and then Sunra a wee spell at Comarnock and then Sunra sorry and then I come back and I'll be honest, my legs. I the I don't know if you you. you you realise, but you don't actually realise when you're when you're standing watching. The pitches are bigger at the seniors in the main, if you know what I mean. Normally, apart from shots, you can take shots. Yeah, big park in that Hannah Park. Uh, so the pitches are, and the, the legs thing is a big thing, if you know what I mean. And I, I had run my race, if you know what I mean, at the seniors and Campbell Money more or less said to me, "Oh, it's time you went to the juniors." Uh, <laughs> uh, Campbell was doing the Sunran manager at the time and it was him that showed me the door. So, uh, but I went back to Cohen and Rangers with Jim McSherry. Uh, Jim was, a, was the manager then. My brother had finished up at Cohen and he had stopped playing with him at that time, but he had a spell at the club. And Alan McClucky, who's my assistant now, was at the club when I went there as well. Alan and I actually had a wee spell at Handbank together when we were young days as well. Alan came to Handbank for a wee spell at the time, so I knew him from then as well. So I thought it was a we had a strong side at Cowan and uh, they were spending a few quid on good players and whatnot uh, and were very successful for a few years. Uh, really enjoyable, really enjoyable. And I, I, actually, I didn't play up front. I mean, I usually played in the mid mid park because I was a bit more one pace. If I'm perfectly honest with you. <laughs> and and at these clubs, were you were you full time with them or were you part time or? I was only. Filled Kilmarnock, I signed for Kilmarnock for Queen of the South when I was about, what, what, um, what age was I then? About 26 or something, or maybe 25. I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfectly sure there, but uh, I signed there and uh, I, they offered me a full-time contract, which I was, I'd never been offered before, if you know, actually jumped at it. Uh, I was a baker to trade then, if you know what I mean. I worked in the bakehouse, uh, Mother's Pride. And it was one of the jobs, well, I'm having a go at this, and I took the full-time thing. Uh, and I only lasted about seven or eight months, I think. Uh, I had a two-year deal, I didn't know. I remember Jim Fleeton phoning me when I came back from my holidays in the, in the, in the summer. I think it was, just, it was just the day I arrived back, and the phone went, and Jim was saying, look, Sunra's been in for you. And I'm like, oh no, I'd rather wait, Jimmy says, look, you're not really in my plans. So you don't need to say any more. You know how it works for there. You just go, hey, uh, I'll see you later. But uh, I look, really enjoyable. I'm, I'm glad I tried it. Uh, something I, I'm really glad I tried. There's certainly a difference. I found myself working to get in the team. Me and Bobby Williamson signed the same day at Comarma. Right. Well, Bobby would cost a, a few quid. Uh, and I... I cost pack of chocolate buttons or something for you, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. like so <laughs> I found myself you're training every day and I was really putting the effort in. And come a Saturday, some I only had a few games. Uh, but I found myself a wee bit tired at times. I must admit I found the, the difference, uh, there was a difference between part time and full time. 
And was it back to the bakehouse? I went back to the bakehouse for a spell. I for quite a spell actually. I uh, I was I was in there <laughs> till I left co-winning. Mark Shanks was my manager, the last manager at co-winning. I was in my last knockings. I was about thirty-seven or whatever, thirty, whatever, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. I was hanging in there, if you know what I mean. I turned up at a training. We were playing at Motherwell that night in a Astro pitch against. Who's a good amateur side up there? One of the good amateur sides. It might well have been actually. Yeah. And I, I turned up and it, I just done a 12 wheel shift at a bakery and I go to the car and Mark went like that to me. Away him, you. I, I drove all the way up to Motherwell. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually says to me, when you get back home, I, I, <laughs> So that's how I changed my job. I managed to get a job in the building site, a, a, a normal kind of seven, half seven to four o'clock job, if you know what I mean, normal hours, uh, which makes a difference having a job, no day, no day shift. Uh, certainly done. After kill winning, you went to uh, Ardross and Winton Rovers, and and uh, towards the end, I think, did you uh, did you play alongside Tommy Junior? That's right. Uh, John, my son was at, John Redman was the manager at Adrossen. Uh, I knew John, he's local here. Uh, and he had signed my son for Adrossen while I was at Cowinning. So he was playing up there and he obviously, he's hearing that, that I'm in my road out up at Cowinning. <laughs> and he's saying, he phoned me up, well, come up here, help me with the coaching and you can play. So I loved it, actually. I played every week. Uh, and you find yourself, uh, you still put the effort in, really enjoyable. Uh, no winning as many games, but certainly really enjoyable. And uh, as I say, and my son been there, obviously, it let me see how he was doing at the time and what knowing. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the time. I, as it, it only lasted about three months to Hawking Letted phoned me and uh, asked me if I, if I wanted to come down and do the managing, which I said no to actually. The first, my first answer was no. I, I remember the phone call and I, I, and I, and I left it and, but I, I, I phoned them back and says look I'll leave it now it's maybe no for me now so they, they went the right way again but two weeks later they come back again and asked me again and I, and I, and I went and met them and uh, I've been there ever since <laughs> at, at that stage Tommy what, what, what were level were Auchinleck at were they still were they winning leagues were they were they struggling a wee bit what was the what was the connection for you then to go there you know obviously a rookie manager never done it before I I, I never I, what I did day I was coaching at Air United I took a youth side at Air United while I was playing at Adrossen Campbell Money actually was a manager at Air and Campbell asked me to come in and take one of the youth sides so I actually met uh, Tommy McGinn it was who signed me for Queen of the South. Tommy was actually caretaker manager at Queen of the South. He was excellent after manager at the juniors while I was playing with Anbank. If you know what I mean. And that's how I finished up at uh, Queen of the South. He was wearing uh, all the junior players about and asked me to get down to uh, Queen of the South. So Tommy seen I was doing the coaching at, uh, and he's got a connection with Auchinleck. He's, uh, I think, I've got a feeling they might be related to Henry Dummigan actually in some capacity. Maybe I'm wrong there actually, but they're, they're certainly friends anyway. Uh, and Tommy, I think, had put my name forward uh, for somebody to do the job for them. Uh, if they didn't get anybody else, they, they, they I think that was the case. And they, they finished up giving me a shot at it. 
And when you walked into that dressing room for the first time down there, obviously a club with passionate support, did you ever look at that team and think, we're going to go on and win Scottish Cups? I know you're a man for a game at a time, but did you ever think we're oh, going to go on and whatever the success at the Scottish Cup? Or? It wasn't really. At that time, we, we were struggling a wee bit. Uh, they'd only played five games, mind you, or something. We were doing it a fit in the league, second bottom in the league or something, but they'd only played five games and two points or something. I remember it. they were in a wee bit of a pickle. Uh, but what, what did help is we played Cumnut in my first game I'm pretty sure it was Cumnut in my first league game and we won 2-0 which is always good it's a, it's a good to start with, with a win if you know what I mean but it went a bit backwards for then if you know what I mean it was the, it was one of the things we had good players at the club we had Ian McCauley played with me at Surrara actually Ian's for Hamilton uh, up that way he was a good player Gavin Frills was a good top player for uh, George Wallace. John Trainer played for us. Paul McInerney. I think Paul's a coach at uh, Blantyre now, if I'm, if I'm no mistaken, along with Gibby. Uh, so, look, they had good players, so no question about that, but things weren't really quite gone for them. Uh, so, we, we had to get in and uh, see, it us a few games to see uh, how we would go, but we, hang, we hung in there, and as I say, it went to the last game. And up at Mary Hall, Rab Snedden was the manager at Mary Hall. They were second top of the league or whatever. So we were probably expected to get hammered that day and we managed to beat them. I think it was 3-0. Gavin Friel scored a couple uh, that day. So I remember Henry Dummigan's face that day. Henry's been there for a long time. And after the game, it was as if a big weight had been lifted off. <laughs> I'll never forget. It's something I'll never forget. You mentioned... Having done the coaching down at Air with, alongside Campbell with the with the youth teams, had coaching always been something that had interested you? Did it did it kind of come to you later in your playing days, or was it a chance that somebody gave you and you just kind of tried it and loved it without realizing you'd love it? I look football. I had oh, it's enthusiasm. You need it. It's not it's not so much the coaching. There's a lot of things in coaching that Paul. Like Dane and I, I, I don't like Dane and vice versa. You know, that kind of, we all kind of coach different, I think. Uh, but I look, it's, it's football. I was interested in uh, getting along and trying to organise in a team. I look, no question about it. And it was young, 15, 16 year old guys I was taking. It was, but at the time, I remember uh, who, who went on. I think one, the boy Rory Hoy, uh, you'll remember actually. Aye. He was in Dunfermline. He was in the side. He was actually a Sunrad boy. Uh, he when I went there, he was in the side, and it, he he was always going to be a good player. I thought, but it wasn't always. There was a lot of boys there who we every we gain them every respect there. But you you knew they weren't going to be professional players, if you know what I mean. And I'm pretty sure all the clubs are like that round about the country. If you know, uh, it's one of the things you're making up players. You're, but, but they can still be the best they can be, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So they can play at whatever level it, it works out. It usually you find your level. Once you you leave the, the youth level kind of thing, uh, I look, it was one of the things Campbell asked me. Always going well with Campbell though. He was hard. He, uh, he'll no mind me saying it was hard luck. Uh, he always wanted to win the game. I would get I would get back and say, I look, we get beat six four today, and Campbell would be like, you get beat. <laughs> I'm going, but these two boys played great the other day kind of uh, he was uh, he was wanting to win the game but, oh, <laughs> I must admit 
I think a bit of that's rubbed off in me actually. <laughs> when you looked at that team, you just missed out. You know, you just you saved that game at Maryhill. You saved yourselves from from a drop or whatever. How do you then look at that and then turn it round? You was there a big overall of players? How did you get from being there to the next few years? Oh, look, we had to. It was one of these steady things. The next year, we finished third in the league. There was a kind of gradual, we brought players in. And by the way, it's one of the ones, there was a lot of players in and out, if you know what I mean. We brought maybe seven or eight players in at the start of the season, but maybe two months later, there was a couple of them back out the door, if you know what I mean, because they weren't getting the... There was was a lot of that in and out and in and out to, to be got better. What we thought was better, stronger players, if you know what I mean. Guys willing to go the distance. Uh, it's one of the clubs, the, the, the supporters, it's one of those pressure on. Uh, I've guys coming for the seniors who have played at good clubs and they, they'll come to you and go, what about the crowd here? Every mistake you make, they're on you. You know what I mean? They're giving you a stick and all that. He says, and they've been at senior clubs because that's what it's like down there. Uh, so there's a demand to win down there that's one thing which a lot of guys find quite difficult I thought I thought a lot, a lot of players have found that difficult uh, through the years but David Gormley and, and, and he was talking about it you know like Derby days down there and uh, you know if you're up near the wall at the one side where the supporters are even though you're a home player you're getting it you're getting it tight all the way through the game that <laughs> you did mention and that must be hard for players to deal with especially if you you're maybe picking them up maybe for a lower junior team and bringing them in there it's I suppose it's like somebody going from I don't know a second division team a premier division league team in Scotland isn't it is that is that demand is that expectation from the supporters to to do well I know over, overcoming that's a big that's a big thing right you need it's one of these things that I got a lot of stick at all through my career anyway. So maybe I was used to it. I was at, because when the players are getting it, I'm getting it behind the dugout as well. <laughs> I'm telling you, see, for the first for the first 10 years, I've got pelters, if you know what I mean. It's one of the ones, if things weren't going well, there's always guys that hand you at Ken Better. I think that's part and parcel. It's one of the ones. I've learned to just focus on what's going on and no turning around and arguing with them, if you know what I mean. So... It's one of these things. I just I try and focus on what's going on, and some of them it's quite you have a laugh to yourself at times. Uh, it's uh, it can be really demanding. How many cups and how many cups and leagues did you have to win for you broke the ice down there? <laughs> or have you no, still no, not broke the ice? <laughs> it's one of the if you're if you're not doing well, you're getting stuck. It's still the same. Yeah, it's one of these things. What's going on? If we're losing a two 0 or something, they'll be gone. Right, Sloan, get the change. You know how it works. They get the changes made. They're always wanting changes like everybody else. <laughs> We've uh, we, we mentioned you've won seven Scottish Junior Cups, seven league titles. Do you have a a favourite of all those fourteen successes? Something one of them mean more than any any other? Eh, uh, I wonder. Eh, uh, prob- probably the first one. I would imagine. Uh, Aye, Bathgate, Bathgate, uh, they, they, Wally Hull was in charge of them at the time, uh, they were big big hitters for the East, if you know what I mean, plenty of money, ex-seniors on their side, hot favourites on the day, uh, and we, we actually, we won the game 2-1, uh, and we deserved to win the game, it was one of the things, that you just nicked it, we actually deserved to win the game, 
But the, one of the big games uh, was the one before that. We actually, Tayport were the side then, which was a, a, a while ago. Keith Burgess, who's new does the Scotland, does Keith still do the Scotland uh, junior manager thing? He, he did it. Keith Burgess, it was, anyway, Keith was a manager at Tayport then. And they were, a, they were the strong side, the favourites for the cup. And we played them in the semi-final at Fur Hall. Uh, and we lost an early goal with that night. We actually lost. That was our first semi-final. We'd been into the cup. It was a one-leg hit then, if you know what I mean. You no, know it's two legs now. Mm-hmm. It was only a one-leg one at a senior ground at the, in the days. And uh, that game, it was, it was really pleasing because we lost an early goal in about a few minutes. But we come back and rallied really well, and we actually dominated the match in one-two-one. It was a, it was a really con- we taken a lot of confidence out of that because they were the side then. If you know what I mean, they had won the cup previous years and whatnot, and they were the big they were the side to beat. So if I had to say to you at the beginning of the season, a league or Scottish Cup, you've got to pick one. Scottish the Scottish Cup day outweigh it all. In the past, it has been the Scottish Cup. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's always been the the biggest uh, at the start of the season you would take the Scottish Cup uh, before the league actually but no it's a new league if we that's <laughs> touch wood we ever get into it but uh, <laughs> it's a new league now you'd like well we're not going to be the first name on it mind you but you'd like to win that league Ken. it's something we've never done before uh, and every side will be the same every side I would imagine will, well anybody who's Get a good side, or we want to be challenging for that. But we know we've got everybody's got the same right to win the league. You just have a go at it and uh, see what you take one game at a time as a touchstone. We're not thinking about that this year anyway. <laughs> and, and and what about the the runs in the Scottish Senior Cups? I mean, I, I know they don't bring any kind of tangible trophy or anything like that. But obviously, I guess there's money that comes with it. There's there's also the kind of the you know, you get football fans who ordinarily wouldn't see you boys playing every week, and it puts puts the the village, it puts the it puts the club on the map a bit as well, doesn't it? From a kind of a PR point of view, I mean, how how special were those kind of days? Really special. They're, they're great days. We've had we've had a few of them now, and uh, look, we've had more disappointments in that in that trophy as well. As I say, I think that makes you stronger. I remember going to where was it? We played at Broadwood. We played the. Uh, Cumberbell Colts. We went there expected to win probably, but on the day they, I thought they were better than us that day, and uh, that was really disappointing for me. Uh, but there's always reasons for that. There's always, they were a wee bit hungry, or I, uh, which was a big disappointment for me. But uh, well, and we had a side that maybe needed a few changes in it. It was that that kind of thing. Uh, it just told me a wee a wee bit that day we lost there. And normally, with the sides we've had, we we should have been able to take care of them. If you know what I mean, with every respect to to come on home, that is. That did feed into the 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 days against your heirs and and, and these days, you know, they, 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 the United's and the Cove Rangers games. They've been great. The real great experience. Uh, great atmosphere. And. The really good sides we've been we've managed to beat, and by the way, it's been dogged. It's no, we've no went out there and run out of the tap. And I'm well aware of that. You've got to do what you can to win the match. That's what it's about. Error a better side than us, 99 times out of 100. If you know what I mean. So it's one of these things we had to dig in and uh, 
really make it and then take our opportunities when we got it. And we did it really well that day. We limited them to very little. Uh, I think they only had really one clear chance in it. Ian McCall, I remember getting for a penalty at one stage, but uh, luckily enough, it didn't happen for them that day. And uh, But I thought we deserved to win it at the end. I did, I must admit, we had good performers that day, played to a really good level. Front, for, We worked for the front and they battled away and, and we posed a threat when we, when we went uh, forward. Uh, it was a really pleasing performance that day. Uh, I remember that. And the Cove Rangers were played twice over a high-flying side now they look as if they could move up the leagues uh, so to beat them two years uh, was really pleasing I must admit the last time they had a really good side they, they had a really good and again we were dogged for a while and then again took a chance when we, when we, when we got it and would it be right in saying after the did you go to Tynecastle did you play Hearts I've been at Tynecastle twice in, the, in my time now which is you would never have dreamt of uh, well, great days there. Uh, they were the first time was years ago, and it was a Portuguese guy. It was uh, what's his name, Paulo Sergio. Great experience. But we're goalkeeper had a good day that day. We posed a few. Uh, we had a few chances we selling, didn't they manage to score? What I would have liked to have done was score a goal at Tynecastle. We've no that's has been twice now. We went there. Uh, was, it, was it last year or the year before? Craig Levine was a manager. Uh, and we put up, I thought we carved out three or four excellent chances that day and didn't manage to score and look they were stronger and better as it finish up and they run out three or four nothing winners or whatever it was but uh, I, I was actually pleased offensively I was really pleased what we done that day defensively maybe no as much but uh, we probably wouldn't have got as many chances to score if we'd have defended it better if you know what I mean how do you approach a game like that? Obviously, week in, week out, you play your game in the league. I'm not saying you, you, you ever romp the league or as a canter for you, but you know, you're, you're one of the top teams. How do you then change your style to go to a team like Tankers? Because we're not even talking upper level, we're talking up six levels. Do you know what I mean? I know you, what you mean. You have to complete, completely change your game. How, how do you go about that? Even from during the week in training, how, where do you start? I, go, I start by going to watch the opposition. I, I, I usually go and watch the opposition. When we're in the Senior Cup, doesn't matter if we get drawn away up north, I'll usually go and walk, go through and watch them uh, just to make sure you, you, you know what's to be known about them, if you know what I mean. And yeah, look, I know Hearts, you're going to get good players all over the pitch at Hearts, but I just wanted to see them play. And I went to Comarnock and watched them, actually, the last time we played them. Uh, and had a look at them there. It's the same way at United. I remember going to watch them doing at Queen of the South. And what was funny that day was, a couple of years ago, Ian was playing Queen of the South that day. Lawrence Shanklin was, he was the airstriker, although he was injured that day down at Palmerston and didn't play. He was sitting, he was sitting out. And now the Scotland striker uh, was playing for Queen of the South, the big boy Dykes. He was a striker for uh, Queen of the South that day. So there you go. You would never have dreamt of air in Queen of South and two Scotland strikers midst there. But I look, do your homework. That's what I would say. I, I'm, I'm into it. But what you can't do after that is without getting into it in too much detail. Don't 
don't get too annoyed about it. Just have it, have it in your head how they do things, if you know what I mean. But you've still got to try and do your own thing. Where, where your strengths are, you've still got to pose a threat. Uh, and it's not always easy that when they're all, you're asking them all to work, 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 work. And, uh, but it's one of the things, you'll, you'll leave players out for certain reasons and all that because they maybe don't have the same work ethic as an air player, if you know what I mean. One of the, that's how I go and watch, again, so, so I know what we're, what we're up against. Uh, I, was, I was interested, uh, Tommy, you've obviously been hugely successful at the Talbot. Over those 17 years, I'm not expecting you to name them, but has there been any sniffs from levels of levels in the senior ranks, in the SPFL ranks, you know, the top four divisions? Surely there must have been a sniff with clubs saying, can we speak to you? We want you to come and manage the team. Aye, after after a couple of years uh, when we, in fact, we, we were on the approach to uh, the, the final, I was talking about the Bathgate, I got a phone call for your side then, and then there was one, there was another, uh, only a couple of uh, times there has been, but not for a long while now, if you know what I mean, no for a, certainly not for a long while now. Uh, and did it not happen because... It's always flattering that. Did, did, did it not happen because... You you turned them down or just wasn't right or see see the first time it was actually it was one of the things we were in the Scottish Cup final when I, when I, I got a phone call about it we were with the Scottish Cup final coming up and there's no way I was going to get get put my name involved with another club at that time and it just wasn't going to happen that that, that it's no a thing I would ever do that uh, there's many important things there so. And I, look, I think I made the right decision. You, look, you never know in these things, but you, I think I've, I'm still there, so I think I've made the right decision. Has, has there never been a part of you, though, that would like to be tested higher up? I mean, I suppose arguably, once things hopefully settle down, you might get that chance with a Talbot. But, you know, has, has there ever been a you know part of you thinking that I'd like to try and see how I could do at that level or that level and... and um, Full-time oh, I, I think everybody would like a wee shot at if you know what I mean. We're all managers when we're watching the Premier League, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm no any different. Uh, certainly, aye, of course you would, but uh, well, I've got a good job and uh, it's one of them. I'm thankful for it and I'm still in it. So, And I enjoy going to my work, if you know what I mean. I enjoy going to the football. Uh, and I'm going to miss it this year, that's a certainty. Even though in circumstances... Uh, are a bit different this year it's one of the things that couldn't be helped but we're certainly going to miss it and we've, we've mentioned now the, the big rivalry is with Cumnock but is there a bit of a new rivalry coming along with Darvel now as well there's a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of interesting comment between the fans of both sides there and uh, you know they've obviously uh, well, uh, yeah. is there a lot of that goes on is there is that, uh, is that on social media social uh, you pretend you don't know about it I don't do social media. As you probably see them try to put a computer on the night. <laughs> no, I try and stay out of that. Look, Darvel's the kind of new kids in the block, if you know what I mean. They've come in spending a lot of money and uh, they've got good players. There's no question about that. And uh, they're certainly hungry for it when it sounds it. So, uh, ah, look, ah, I enjoy that side of it. I must admit, I enjoy. We've had spells like that where teams have spent a lot of cash. I remember Irvin Meda had a cracking side years back uh, under Chris Strain Senior. 
uh, where they Brian McGinty there was their ex-manager he was a striker uh, the top players but we, the, the battles against them you always remember you're all really up for them I, I think it gives you something to go at that uh, and it, well, it's been really enjoyable that and sometimes you lose and sometimes you win but uh, you can match them on the pitch maybe no off the pitch if you know what I mean and just last one for this section uh, who was the first person to call you Tucker? Oh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I couldn't tell you. No. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it was one of the nicknames I had. There was a gang that was running about Anbank here and that. I don't. I couldn't tell you who it was. No. I was imagining it with a little talk. You can't how it goes that rhyme, did you? <laughs> I used to sing for the supper. <laughs> Hi, it's Murdoch McKinnon, port manager here, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyches and discover some hidden stories. Right, Tommy, who was your idol as a boy? Idol's a boy. Uh, idol. Well, I, I was actually a defender as a boy and uh, probably Sandy Jarton, who actually ended up playing. I remember playing at a coming on as a sub for Air United against Hearts. And it, Sandy Jarvin was playing at a bat. It was one of the things I was even starstruck. <laughs> uh, but well, I just thought he was a, everything about him. He was a great player, and uh, there was a calmness about him all the time. Uh, I don't know if you'll be old enough, Paul, to remember Sandy Jarvin, but uh, what a player he was. I know him as so, a man. I don't know him as I don't know him as a player. Uh, I knew him as a man. One of these things. Uh, I, he was certainly one. Kenny Douglas, another one. And in England, actually, I was an Arsenal fan. I liked Arsenal. I liked Liam Brady and Frank Stapleton. I liked they play they, they players as well. It was one of them. Uh, I always admired them. Brady was a real talent. I thought. Who's the toughest opponent you faced, either as a player or and as a manager, if you like? I don't know. The toughest. The toughest is probably there's a wee bit of dirtiness in it too. But both see them. The late Sam McCork, who's an ex-Hawking Lex centre half, who you'll ken about, Gareth. He's passed away now, Sam, unfortunately. But uh, he was certainly an appointment. He would have heated heat you and the ball up the pitch. And, and he, the, the guy across the road, Bobby McCulloch, is that as well. They had that bit of aggression about them. They would come right through you. Uh, at the juniors, it was probably they two. And I would imagine... Uh, I remember playing against uh, Alawa when I was at Queen of the South. I'd just kind of come into the seniors after Lane Air United. And Andy Mullen was at Alawa. Andy Mullen was a strong, aggressive player, quick to, quick over the ground. I remember playing at Alawa. That was always a heavy, soggy park, Alawa, especially in the winter time. And trying to get away from Andy was there. Uh, that certainly was an easy task. Well, it shows you he went on to have a career that he did, if you know what I mean. So. He was always going to be a, a good player, Andy Mullen, for me. What's the favourite football top you've worn and why over the years? Oh, that'll be Sunrar. The number I wore the number seven jersey usually. Sani Macanespe was a big player to me going to Sunrar. Sani was a manager. He knew what he Sani knew football, uh, and he played me. 
he put he used to wear me give me number seven all the time for some reason I was and I'm I'm a, I'm a striker but he always gave me number seven uh, and he had Lex Grant and Dan Henderson in that team one and Lex was up front with me Dan was after left both of them had great deliveries if you know what I mean so if I got on the if I got on the end there, it was one of these things you you get goals out of nothing. Sometimes it hit the ball off you and out get if you know what I mean. You didn't have to be that good, I'll be honest with you, when you deliveries like that. So aye, well, probably the number seven at Sunra, aye. I had a good time, a really good time at Sunra. I'll always remember it. Who's the best player you've played with? Uh, I was at Comarna, Tommy Burns was at Comarna. Tommy Burns was certainly one. At, at training, I wasn't in the team that often. I think I only had four appearances or whatever it was, and a few as sub or whatever. But uh, training every day, did everything 100 miles an hour. It was nothing was casual or nothing. It was everything was smart and smart. He was just, uh, he was all the time. He was on it all the time. One of these, and if you won, they would let you care about it. If you know what I mean. See if you won the same, uh, he would tell you. Oh, needs to be sharp on that, if you know what I mean. He was one of the professional guys. Uh, somebody you always looked at, uh, definitely. Uh, Cracking player. And Ro- I touched on Robert Connor. I played a game with him, and he, he was certainly one of them. Uh, but I only played one game with Robert. Uh, and I always, he was the player that's probably stuck out on that side that day. And a big game for him. Uh, a calmness about him all the time. And again, he went on... I think that was his last game for Ayr. I think he signed for Dundee after that and then Aberdeen, if you know what I mean. He's one of the... Probably they two. I've played with a lot of good players through the years uh, and you'd like to mention them all, but if you're asking the top, Ken, uh, I didn't really play with these guys much, if you know what I mean, but they're certainly probably the best two players that I, I did play with. And you've played with a number of players over the years you must have seen a number of practical jokes over the years so the last question is what's the best practical joke you've seen played <laughs> I must admit that's quite a difficult one uh, no really it's no something that sticks in my mind practical jokes I've I've, I've heard about a few I've heard about a few I don't know uh, the one I'd heard about one and I don't want to name names there because it's somebody went to the toilet and pooed in the toilet roll uh, and the guy one of his teammates had a new suit uh, <laughs> and you can well that is gone uh, <laughs> he wrapped it up in the toilet roll and stuck it in his new suit in one of the pockets oh. uh, that's uh, it was one of the ways to see I'm going like you're joking man uh, that's true uh, that, that actually happened I wouldn't it there you go. I was like, oh, God. Uh, I don't think the guy was too pleased, if you know what I mean. One funny one. I remember one funny time, uh, just a wee bit of any. I remember we played at Celtic, right? We were at Cooney South. We were at Parkey. A huge game for us, obviously. And it, we, we lost 2-1. Andy Thompson scored. Young Andy Thompson. He turned, went on to England. They played at South End for a while. And... Uh, uh, he's back up the road now I think he lives back in Scotland now but anyway he scored for us that night but at the end of the game the chairman came in <laughs> and we were all in we lost 2-1 to Celtic there was the two Poles was there Dovchet and Jack Anofsky and all that kind of thing Paul Elliott and all that kind of thing and the chairman comes in boys what an effort that was 
I'll give you a hundred pounds each for that, Ken. That was a great Kenny. We get beat. So and the manager <laughs> the manager turned around like that and went, You'll not no team of mine's getting on in for getting beat. <laughs> and we you know there's not a soul said a word, I can assure you that. So I'll let you guess who the manager was because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> 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 the faces and everybody was there, but the manager was a big tough guy. You wouldn't have said, but uh, you wouldn't have said anything to him. Like, <laughs> uh, we just left it. Uh, we, you, all our faces was like that. Uh, we just all fell. Uh, <laughs> we went for like that. Just boom. Uh, if you could have filmed it, it'd have been funny. What did he want? Billy McLaren didn't manage Queen of the South, did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> you knew. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember his words, and I've met Bully a few times through the years, Ken. Uh, but I remember him that night. Uh, the boys were all like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What did he say to him, Tim? I can assure you. I'm Adam Hopes, co manager of Drumchapel United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the down the divisions decider. So this week we're looking for the mystery club. This club was founded in 1951 by ex-players at Edinburgh University. It has a chairman who was awarded an MBE three years ago. Is that a senior club? Well, let me finish, Tommy. I, I, I don't know if I'm looking for junior or senior. What, what, what am I? League, league one down. I, that's all I want to I. <laughs> In 2008, they lost out in an application to join the SPFL, with Annan replacing Gretna instead, and former Scotland international Eamon Bannon had a spell playing for them in the 1990s. Right. Paul's pretty confident. What, what about you? What go with you first, Tommy? Any idea? Eamon yes. Bannon. Yeah, I mean, Eamon Bannon. And they're only for the 1950s. Yes. Which is pretty new for a Scottish club. Uh, no, it must be up that way. Who, who would that be? Uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I'm not confident I might be wrong. Paul seems pretty smug, Tommy, so should we give Paul the honour and see if you go, Paul. Spartans. Correct. And I, I didn't get it for any of the three. It was eight. I knew him in Ban. I've actually watched Spartans an odd time through the years, I went to games, I I must admit. Tommy, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight and obviously uh, all the best for well normally at this point we say all the best for the season when it starts, but uh, all the best for for managing through this this tough time and keeping Aye. the boys happy and and dealing with something which um, none of us ever thought any manager would would have to deal with before. But um, we appreciate you coming on the show tonight, sharing sharing your views with us, sharing your opinions, and and looking back over your career. Thanks a lot for having me, boys. Aye, cheers. Don't forget, you can get in touch with the show with comments or suggestions for people to speak to. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail dot com. That's downthedivisions at gmail dot com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.